What is up, everybody? Welcome to Toffee Blues USA, your source for all things Everton, American style. Uh, I am Jerry, coming to you recorded from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Joining me for, for another round. He's been with us before. He's back. We've got Forrest at USA EFC. Uh, yeah, Forrest is back with us again. Forrest. How are you doing, man? Good. I'm doing well. Uh, I am coming at y'all from Upper Co, Maryland. If you've heard of it, then I'll probably call you a liar. Um, it's up near the Pennsylvania border, and I'm doing well. You know, I've, uh, I'll just go ahead and let it fly. It's my birthday today, so I've just been enjoying the day. Yeah, I'd, I'm an April Fool's baby, so that's always, uh, you know, my name is Forrest. I was born April 1st, so there's always a topic of conversation the second I introduce myself to someone. So, uh I've been doing well. Yeah. I texted a friend of mine whose birthday is today. And I was like, you know, happy birthday. I, I talked to him. We, 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 we tell each other happy birthday. And it's the only time we communicate the whole rest of the year. It's, it's it. And so I sent him a message like, happy birthday, man. You know, hope you have a great day. And hopefully only, only 10 people say, hey, man, your birthday is April 1st. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I know it's happening. I know it. Cause I've said it. So yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, so, so Forrest, I'm going, I, first of all, I've got to ask, what do you want for your birthday, man? What did I mean? Uh, I got some wireless headphones, which I needed and I got like a whiskey tasting notebook. So that's nice. Um, you know, the main thing I always ask for for my birthday every year is for Everton to win a trophy. I'm not getting that this year. So, you know, I'll just go for us finishing at a European spot and finding a way to close out the seasons, in, you know, in a solid fashion. That's, that's all I can really ask for. Yeah, because if they find a way to win a trophy between now and the end of the season, that'd be a trick. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be quite the, uh, the turn up for the books. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not – That'd be going down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, man. Uh, so I, I, I just want to make sure I gave you time. It's your birthday. Yeah. I'm going to yield the floor to you. Is there anything you want to get off your chest? Anything you want to rant about? Anything you want to talk about? I, what I'm, that's what I'm, oh. this is my birthday gift to you. It's okay. the floor. All right. I, I yield the floor to the distinguished gentleman um, from Maryland. <laughs> Lord. Um, I guess we'll just keep it on Everton. Um, you can. I always yeah. rant about it. Uh, yeah. It just, just, uh, gosh, our fans just got to find a way not to be so reactionary sometimes, man. That's it. I love them to death. I was just talking to a good friend of mine um, in the UK about it today about how we are kind of a very reactionary fan base. And I get it. We've gone through a lot of hurt. You know, we haven't won a trophy in like 25, 26 years now. I get it. We've seen a lot of mediocrity. We've seen a lot of stagnation. But man, like when we lose, I get when we lose to like a Burnley at home or a Fulham at home or whatever, it, it seems very doom and gloom, but we really have to like 
take a step back sometime. And I feel like, it's, I mean, social media is already a toxic place. So it's going to, you know, it's like an echo chamber, echo chamber of toxicity is there. So we shouldn't expect anything otherwise, but sometimes you just got to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. It's, it's just sometimes like, I, I don't tweet much because of that. Cause I, if I do, I don't want to be like saying something that an hour later, I'm just going to delete regret. So. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I, I uh, labor over tweets way too long. One would think I'm churning out poetry. It's yeah. Seriously. And, it, and I'm not. It's, <laughs> it's, like, it's like 80 characters. <laughs> yeah. It's that's the thing. Uh, Twitter's Twitter's a pretty cool thing for a writer. I, I'll yeah. tell you it's, it's brilliant trying to yeah. work on your word economy, yeah. but uh, it's a strange thing because you're right. I mean, yeah, we were talking about this on the last show, man, about the reactions after the city match and how it was very, very divided. Mm. It was very divided. There was that, yeah. that, that crew that was saying, you know what? I feel like we, we, we played pretty hard against a, a, a really good team and have yeah, still lost sucks, but we, we, we did We put up a good fight. And then there's another crew that says, yeah. you know what? Nah, no, nah, it's not good enough. We got in NSNO. You know what I mean? That's we're yeah. this is the we we didn't win, and I don't like that head padding nonsense. So yeah. it's a very and, and and as I said last week, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it from both. Um, our I don't do as many deep dives into other teams' social media. Mm-hmm. Is it is it is it just? people are reactionary like you know what i mean like yeah fans it's, it's everywhere it's social media yeah yeah I, I i think sports fans i think as a rule are typically pretty fickle um mm-hmm. i think and when you couple in how you can be on social media and be anonymous and be you know be somebody that you're not whatever you can just be part of football twitter and put up a picture of a character of, of a player and then say whatever the heck you want. I mean, it's why we're seeing in the past month, two months, we're seeing just about every time like United lose, we're seeing a player get, you know, get hit with racist remarks on Twitter. I mean, we're really seeing it. Like it's not yeah. like it happened before, like maybe once or twice, but now it's like every time one of these teams, bigger teams lose in a game that you're not supposed to, or, or they just lose, they get hit with that. I mean, it's, it's really becoming an issue for social media. Mm-hmm. And I just saw an article, I haven't gotten a chance to read it, in the daily mail about how I think it was Gary Neville saying like social media served its purpose. It's time for it to get cut loose. Like people are, and we saw Thierry Henry earlier at this yep. past week swear off social media. Like it, it's becoming an issue. It was already an issue before. And now it's really starting to, to grow into something that's beyond most people's control besides people who run those social media platforms. It's interesting. Like uh, there's been times not just on Twitter, but even just texting back and forth with someone. Uh, and I, and, and you get into a, a silly argument, you see, get into a silly back and forth and you make a phone call and in 30 seconds it's squashed. Cause you realize you're like, Oh, I didn't know you had that tone. I had yeah. no idea. You know what I mean? Like I remember yeah. getting a back and forth with a friend of mine on Twitter about the first derby uh and i was i was pissed off because i thought he was being holier than thou about pickford and i didn't like it and i was just like well you know i mean your players hurt people too right 
you know, and I seriously doubt he was trying to hurt him. And, it, and, and at the end, I was getting pissed. And at the end, he was like, no, man, I, you probably couldn't tell by my I, – I was being sarcastic. And I'm just like – Oops. <laughs> and the, the funny thing is, well, here's the real here's the real thing. I actually still don't know if he was or if he's just trying to cover himself like, nah, man, I'm not bothered. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, I was joking. These are Water jokes. Back, yeah. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. – that's, it, but I've had times where like giving notes on on films because you know I went to film school and you know had my own production company and everything. So giving notes back and forth, I've gotten into big, huge arguments with people because it's text. Yeah. And I pick up the phone. I'm like, you know, I just got sick of going back and forth. Here's what I mean. And he goes, Oh, okay, yeah, that's that makes total sense. And yeah, man, sometimes the characters aren't enough. And you're sitting there just quickly, just tick, 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 and I'm frustrated and I'm getting all my emotions out yeah. and boom, it's done. I you think know? a lot of times when it comes to any form of conversation that isn't voice or face-to-face, we kind of lose a sense of who the other person is and the fact that they are another person. They are a human being. I yeah. think, especially with social media, we kind of just see an account and we don't really think of the person behind that account. Again, like I think back four or five years ago when I was very predominant on Twitter and I was tweeting like 20, 30 times a day, I was replying to people, I was having conversations. Now, you know, if I tweet three times a week, it's like, oh, wow, it's been a busy week for me. But yeah. like, I just, I just, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't get into it the way I was, but at least with a personal account, you know, I, I run some business accounts with marketing on the side and that's another thing, you know, it's business. It's, it's a little more professional when it comes to my personal life. I don't want to sit there and get into an argument with someone that can come back and bite me in the butt. I, I just, I just, all the time I see these horror stories of people who've said stupid things or just said things that they thought were nonchalant that have come back and bit them in the butt. And mm-hmm. it's the reason why I've just, I just I've like just shied myself away from becoming an observer and more than I am a true participator in, in a lot of times what are just pointless arguments. Um, yeah. But there's always good discussion to be had. You know, you, there are people to have good discussion with and, I'm thankful and lucky to have people like you and, and, and the Everton Newsfeed account and, and all the accounts that we have on Everton Twitter who are typically very responsive and very vocal and, you know, open to critique and open to talking about things and open to ideas and, and uh, ways of thinking about the team that other people may not have. It's, it's, Everton Twitter is usually a pretty good place, ex- except, except for after a loss, you know. <laughs> Most places are good after a loss, so. And then, and then uh, you know, after a loss – you're usually looking for two things, people who feel exactly the way you do and the yep. people who don't. Yep. And then it's like, blast these over here, hug these yep. tight. You're dumb. You're amazing. Let, you know, yes. right. <laughs> so it's, and yep. that's usually what you're looking for, you know, um, yep. a reaction. One thing you don't, because, uh, because what, what grabs attention? I tell you what doesn't meh, a yeah. meh take, yeah. It's yeah. very straight. Down. No, nobody, nobody's going to pay attention to that. What gets the likes and what gets the interaction? Uh, yeah. Fire. You know, the hotness, the, extreme, the hot the, take. The extremes of each side. Yeah. We were yeah. awful. No, we played really well. We deserved a result. Whatever, you know. Yeah. But you, you, it, you do. It's, it's, it's a secret to social media is being vocal, is being straightforward. That, that's, like you said, that's that the hot takes are what take the, take the cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's t- and that's, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> the hot takes take the cake. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh man, as I'm, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'll just go ahead and say what I said I was going to say. I, you, I agree with everything you've said. I, <laughs> so I said on social media I was going to say that, and I knew I was going to be doing it today. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I've tried to be a lot more mindful of everything in my life, just period, and, yeah. uh, uh, and that absolutely goes for for social media. Um, because also I can see other people getting in the same types of conversations. You know what I mean? Like even like, even like going to lurk on like Everton forums and seeing these people like, you know, they're saying, they're saying the stuff that I would be feeling. They're having the conversations. I'm not going to anything new other than to go. Yeah. Yes. I agree with what this person says, you know what I mean? And And then really add to the conversation and that's nothing. And, yeah. and what I don't have, I'm not sitting there like on one of these forums where like, ooh, I am an ITK and I was hanging out. I was pretending I was I had some leaves on my head. I was pretending like I was a plant at Finch Farm and I overheard them say Gaba means actually a robot. Thank you. Bye bye. You know, and that, <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, but anyway, um, it's just the kind of stuff I, I tend to tread lightly with that stuff. Um, and I also, I think it's, it's not, it might not be the most healthy thing. It's not, you know, not, no. either yeah. to, to be the one lashing or to be the lash recipient, you know? No, it just, it like, there are times when I've like, I've said something on, on social media that has, it's, you know, it's not like it's gone viral, but you know, it's garnered some attention and, it's not always positive during those times. I have to step away. Like I, I can't sit there and get absorbed. It's sucked into all the comments and likes and quote tweets. I can't because then I'm just going to sit there and feel like I have to argue with every single person. It's going to be like, it, unless it's something that's really controversial or, or racist, God forbid, you know, the, the things you say on social media will be gone and forgotten in 10, 15 minutes. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like you're, unless you've got a, a tweet that gets a million retweets or, or 200,000 likes nobody's really going to remember it. It's not going to make lists. It's not going to be somebody's top 10 worst tweets, you know, most controversial tweets of all time. So you, you really got to let it be what it is. And it's social media. It's not real life. Right. It's not, you've got, you've got to take a step away from your phone, from your computer and look around you, look, just look around your room, step outside and be like, okay, this is, this is what is here. It's what's real. Twitter is not my be all end all. And yeah. I, I used to think that I really did. I used to really pay attention to a, to what happened to me on Twitter. So I've, I've had to take a step away from that, especially with, with the way everything Twitter has been in the past. It's, it's taken some doing cause I used to really be, enjoy being a part of that. But now like I prefer to be an observer. I prefer to see yeah. everybody else's opinions and then go on shows like this and actually use my voice to talk. See, that's what I was going to say. Like I, I tweet a lot less, a lot fewer opinions now because I, I, I get to talk to people yes um and i get to learn from them and kind of hear their perspective and it's you know and that way i i don't know i for me it's a in that way and let's let's say i say something that you disagree with there's a a healthy way for that to that convert you know instead of a no you are dumb and have gray hair bye you know what i mean like it's (laughs) Yeah, I do. And I, the first part was mean. The second part's a fact, you know, but so it's right. anyway. But yeah, man, that's, that's the thing. Uh, oh man. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty careful these days. 
pretty careful with that stuff now. Um, but here it's kind of like it's it, it feels safe to be to be able to disagree. So it's kind of yeah. I was I, I felt kind of lucky falling into this, you know. Um, yeah. Especially the fact that there's, you know, awesome like cool people who want to come on and actually talk to me about it, which is yeah, you know. That's that's just badass. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it's it's been a been finding that out as you go, you know. Um, yeah. All right, so things got heavy at the at the head of the show, you know. Yeah, we got heavy <laughs> at the head of the show. You know, yeah. it was a little Everton, and then it was like, holy crap, let's be deep. nice to each other. You know, I yeah. we need to be sending tweet hugs, which is true. Step away from the edge. Get off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, international all right. Break. So, international break. Yes, it is international break. Sp- speaking of of crap times, <laughs> international break yeah. usually sucks. The cool thing is, you got a birthday to kind of make it all at the end of it all that sweeter, which is rad. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> And it's Which, been good to have a step away from Everton for, for a week or two just to kind of take what's been, I think, a tough few weeks for the club and put it into perspective, step away. And, you know, we come back on Monday against Palace. I think hopefully everybody feels very refreshed and ready for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's right. I think sometimes you're in the middle of the season and the fixtures are coming fast and you're seeing yeah. everything right here. And yeah. it's And, of course, this is going to be stressful. Yep. Yeah. I mean, this is stressing me out just here. And these are my hands. Yeah. But <laughs> stepping back and saying, ah, yeah, they're just hands. You know, they're going to yes. think they'll be all right. You know, yeah. um, having that little bit of perspective. Have you been able to check out any international play at all? Or did you just, or did you just give all of soccer, football, soccer, football, the Heisman and just stiff arm the crap out of it? I, I watched the Olympic qualifying for CONCACAF. You did um, too. Oh, you, very, you watched it very, too. Very, very disappointing. Um, it was that's so been hard. talked about a lot. Yeah, it was, it was very disappointing. There's one player I'm sure we'll end up talking about on the, on the Americans side um, just because he's been linked with Everton. But uh, we can do that right that now if you want. We can yeah, do it right okay. now if you yeah, want. Yeah, we'll, that's fine. Okay, sure. D- Daryl DK. Yeah, we'll talk about him. Uh, I know there was just some reports coming up in the past couple of days that were interested in him. I know he's been on loan from Orlando City, right? Mm-hmm. Orlando City to, to Barnsley, and he's scored a few goals, helped them shoot up into the promotion spots. Um, he's a player that uh, a good friend of mine who's who's got some contacts at Everton. And I'm not I'm not trying to say I'm ITK. It's just just the, just the people I know who who who've talked about him in the past. Yeah, they, they like him a lot. Um, he's 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 very much in in the Romelu Lukaku mold in terms of being strong, uh, good hold-up play, uh, you know, a bit of pace on him. I think the one thing he doesn't have that Lukaku does is the finishing ability. Mm. Um, and that was showcased when he came on. I think it was against Dominican Republic. Um, he, you know, he had two or three chances where he was through on goal and he just couldn't put it away. I think I think for, for a 20-year-old like him as a striker, that's where he needs to really improve his game. Mm-hmm. Um and in terms of us signing him, I've been of the mind for a while now that we need an experienced striker to help cover Lewin out. I think we need somebody who can who can teach him a bit mm-hmm. um, because he's still very young. He's still got quite a bit to add to his game, I think, for him to become the striker that we know he's capable of being. 
obviously he's added some goals to his game this year. Um, it's dried up a bit in the past couple of months, but also our creative play has dried up a bit as well. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I think he's a good young player. Um, and I think if he continues to, to have a good run of form for Barnsley towards the end of the season, I'm sure somebody will buy him in the, in, in England because he fits the role of an English striker very well in terms of his strength, his physicality, mm-hmm. his speed. Um, I don't know if Everton would be the right fit for him. I, do, I don't personally, I don't think it would. I think a team like Fulham or a team like Fulham are looking for a striker. They're, they're basically everything or Brighton even might be not a bad uh, move for him as well. Mm. Cause Brighton create a lot, but they have nobody that could finish it. I think, yeah. I think if he got to a team where he would got to get a lot of chances, a lot of chances to try to put some, some goals away. I think that would be good for him. I don't think, I think he needs to be playing week in week out, especially at his age. Um, if he's sitting on the bench and only playing every other week or playing in the cups, I don't think he's going to develop the way he needs to, not only from a, his own career standpoint, but an American national team standpoint. Um, but we'll see, you know, he, it's good to see us linked with names like that. I love seeing us linked with Americans. I mean, of yeah. course we take a lot of pride in that and having had Donovan and Howard and McBride and, and, and the rest play for us. And there's always, you know, a certain extra, bit of sparkle that goes with a rumor of an American signing for Everton, you know? Oh yeah. It's, it's one. On, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Pulisic. I was just going to say, I'm still holding out on Pulisic to come to us one day, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that would be, that would be pretty, pretty fun. I'll, I'll just mm-hmm. go ahead and say that. Uh, Cause right now, you know, my kids, I'm just like, okay, national team Pulisic Jersey is in play, but Chelsea Jersey is not. Sorry guys. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they well, know, blue. they yeah. know. They know better than that. They're <laughs> yeah. five and eight, and they know. Good. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Jacob Ritchie was on the show last week, and he is a big Orlando City fan. Okay, cool. And he and I you always talk about Daryl DK because I watched Daryl DK in the NCAA uh, Final Four, you know, national semifinals. He was playing for University of Virginia. Virginia, and, that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, I was like, you – that's that's – pretty darn close to being your neck of the woods at this point yeah yeah uh but uh they played wake forest in the semifinal and i watch a lot of wake forest games um because my kids go to the camps they know they meet the players you know and they're a good team i mean oh they're so good that's what matters the the head coach is like you know just a great guy and he's a fantastic coach i mean wake's just a great program overall but absolutely it, it had opened up the skies had opened up and it had rained buckets and it was freezing cold and puddles were all over the field in uh at wake med park in Cary, north carolina yep. and the the box that like virginia scored two goals in the first half and the, for some reason the water did not shake them did not bother them at all second half wake is playing all these balls in the box little tight short passes and the ball's just about to go to a guy who's waiting on it, and it just stops. Yeah. <laughs> but Daryl DK scored a goal in the first half, just showcasing athleticism, showcasing strength. And I just remember thinking at that time, I was like, I got my have something. I got my have something. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a, there's something, something there. And so I kept up. I saw, I kept up with him getting drafted. I've kept up with him because, I mean, another awake player got drafted by Orlando as well, Joey Desart. So it's like I've been keeping up with their results. And I saw when it, that yeah. I was like, oh, wow, DK's actually getting playing time now. 
I was surprised at that because he was like third choice when he got drafted and he has worked his way up. And all of a sudden this loan move to Barnsley where it really is at this moment, it's his physicality, which is really, you know, he's decent in the air. He's had at least one goal in the air that I saw Um, Mm -hmm. decent in the air, better than I, than I thought. I don't think I realized he was that good in the air, but he came out on for that U S national team game, man. (laughs) And I immediately picked up my phone. I sent a message to Jacob, and I was like, dude, DK is a landmass. He is massive. He is yeah. so strong. He's, he's a problem for defenders, yeah. He, he's the kind of guy that will bully a defender who's not ready for it and yeah. make them hate the game for 90 minutes, yeah. Yes. He's, he's a big guy, and I, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not completely sold on his, uh, like, 1v1 ability and beyond just tapping it and muscling past yeah. and holding onto the ball. Right. His hold-up play is solid. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he is definitely – he's somebody who needs more development. He does. Yep. But there's a lot yep. of potential there. Um, immediately I thought, well, there's a player who may not expect to start every game if he's playing for Everton. Yeah. Which is good, right? Yeah. Because we yeah. need – we need um, – but I, I, I got to tell you, you're not the first person to say it would be cool if we had a veteran backing up DCL. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think, I think the issue there is as we look and say, who would that be? You know, I, there is very much a changing of the guard in terms of strikers and not only the Premier League, but in world fo- soccer football these days. You know, we're seeing Aguero leave City. Where is he going to go? You know, he, he's hitting his – getting into his 30s now wherever he goes mm-hmm. is probably going to be one of his last paydays um play like you know names like higuain and benzema they're they're aging they're not in the headlines anymore yeah. ronaldo of messi of course are starting to go away and we're seeing holland and and uh latoro martinez and even lukaku still is are, are the ones who are really starting to take hold of harry kane of course and yeah. england um and then city don't play with a striker anymore so you can't really talk about them but there, there is very much, I think there has been for the past five years, there's been, we've kind of seen like strikers are not the super strong focal point of a team anymore. You don't need that out and out complete forward to really dominate a game and City have really showcased that in a way they've adapted to not having Aguero for a long time. And, and a lot of teams are going to be following that suit because it's harder to find a natural striker these days. Um, you've got to change the way you play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who we'd bring in, but I do know that there, there's, it would be good, I think, personally, to bring in somebody who's going to come on late in a game or start in a game against whether it's inferior opposition or, or if Calvert-Lewin would be injured and to have faith in him, for him to be a veteran. You know, I think the chink Tosin experiment was never going to work out. Um, he was an Allardyce player, and anybody who's an Allardyce player is not going to work out for Everton, unfortunately. I like Dale Walker a lot personally. Um, mm-hmm. Very nice guy. Always had the club's best interests at heart, but he was always on the decline coming from Arsenal. Um, and then Cenk Tosin, of course, just he just couldn't make the grade. You know, he scored a couple of goals, but he just consistently his touch, his his overall play just wasn't good enough. And we spent a lot of money on him for him to flop the way he has, unfortunately. Um, so, we'll, so we'll see with the striker experiment. I sort of wanted him to be taller, oddly enough, Cenk Tosin. I. Yeah. I like I, I felt like for somebody who's so good in the air, and he's good in the air, yeah. right? He's yeah. he he can put the ball in the net, you know. Yeah, he uh, works but, very hard. 
Yeah. But I, I wish he was taller to be able to win more, more yeah. first balls, but also be able to win more crosses. And I wish he, yep. yeah, I, I think he's smart enough. I think he's, yeah. he's, a, he's clinical enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think he, for the most part, he's, he's pretty clinical um, yeah. despite missing some easier chances <laughs> in front of goal. I think for the most part, he is somebody That's, who can tuck it in a corner. Yeah. It, it's, you know, you can't teach if somebody has physical limitations, you can't teach right. them to not have those, you know, it, yeah. it is just who they are, unfortunately, as a person and they can't, that can't be changed. You can make them stronger. You can make them faster to a degree, but you cannot change their height. You can't change their weight to as much as you'd really want to. So that, that, that's mm. really where he fell short, unfortunately. And when we see him leave, you know, it, it'll, it'll be, you know, I, I'm not going to have any ill will towards him. I, I think it was just, where the many mistakes that this club has made in terms of management and in terms of player recruitment for the past yeah. three or four years. And we're just now starting to get brands and Ancelotti on the same page and, and, and having a project that we, we all really believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there, I haven't seen a true Ancelotti out shout, you know, that's not from somebody who's either screwing around or is, you know, a cop in disguise or whatever. Yeah. Like it, it's not, it's nobody really thinks he should leave. I, I, I can sit there and say, yes, the, the, the brand of football we're playing right now is not very attractive. But I also say, but look at the players we're missing. James hasn't played a game in like, it feels like a month since, since the Derby, I think. So, so they're, they're, our creative outlet, our only creative outlet is gone. So yeah. it requires patience. And that's, I think, thankfully, the fan base has been united on that still, that we need patience. There's, there's still a lot of dead wood we need to move out. There's still a lot of talent we need to move forward and bring in and it's just going to take time, but we're, we're getting there. And it's, it's, it's good to see everybody unified in that progress. Yeah. Most of the Ancelotti uh, out folks that I've seen are tend to be more on the contrarian side. They're like, Hey, I want to be just in case this goes South. I want to be able to have said this was going to go South. I told you. Uh, So it's more of a, you know, I, I want to, I want to be there first kind of thing. Uh, yes. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I, I hope they get that attention. Um, you know, will, but it won't be good for them. That's <laughs> <laughs> not, not the kind you want. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll be really curious about the striker thing though. Uh, that's where this, this conversation started talking about Daryl DK, uh, whether it's going to be a young fellow coming in. Yeah who because we're not we the idea of getting a young polished fellow i feel like is is less likely because that's expensive like super expensive yeah so young maybe a little more on the unpolished side needs more refinement needs development or an older player Uh, but when i think about an older player i i i think gosh i'm hoping we're getting them on loan you know what I mean? Yeah, or or a short term two year deal, something where we're not committing to three or four years of high wages of somebody yeah. who's probably going to continue to decline as a player unless they really take care of themselves. Um, I'm just interested to see through the summer as the summer comes up who we're going to be linked with. That's the main thing, I think. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into that conversation because I'm sure that'll come with a mailbag. But it may or may not. I don't know. Yeah. I, the mailbag is always yeah. like a absolute surprise you get yeah. the most random questions so yeah. yeah and 
always, always uh, fun and always featuring a certain Bowsy Toffee Tits, which we'll get to later. Uh, <laughs> for real. Uh, so, um, so yeah, just in summation, the uh, American Olympic qualifiers were uh, disappointing. Um, it hurt, especially that 2-1 loss to Honduras. Where yeah, that was tough, man. That that, was that tough. second goal, I was just I was dying for the keeper, just dying yeah. for him. The goal, the U.S. goal was, I jumped out of my chair. It, was, it looked so yeah. good. It was nice. Uh, Yule, right? Oh no, it was Yule. 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 Yeah, yeah, it was nice. It yeah. was. <laughs> I, I, I taught my family the the, the word thunder bastard that day. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got a uh, like attraction in <laughs> that should be referenced more often <laughs> so uh so yeah other than that you know uh the, the the senior team got got some wins uh, some more friendly wins uh beat northern yeah. ireland which uh which was uh, i wasn't expecting so not a bad showing uh should, you know should be, though. I, I i would expect them to be the team like northern ireland even if we're playing away from home that's the thing. It was at Northern Ireland, Ireland, yeah. and I feel like they yeah. like they have an identity, and we're like, yes, do we so. sort of? So that's what that's yeah, what I was worried there's, about. There's, there's so much to figure out for the for the senior team. There's still so much for them to learn. It's so much for them to to gel and figure out. I think we played a new formation against Northern Ireland as well. <laughs> so it's it's good to see us go and win away to Europe. It's something that the commentators made a big deal about was the fact that we hadn't won away to a European team and God knows how long. So, so it was good to see us do that. Um, played well, dominated the game in terms of possession. Um, it's just, it's just interesting to see the way this team takes shape. You know, it's, mm-hmm. they seem fluid at times. They seem really scrappy at times, but there, there, there's a lot of talent in that team. There's just so much young talent and, and for them to utilize that properly is going to be the biggest challenge that Burhalter has and his coaching staff to really find the formation that, fits all that talent it gets them all in the field at the same time and playing well and playing fluid and playing tight but it's there there's the, the talent's there and it's it's exciting for the u.s team we just we just need to really match expectation we need to set our expectations high and match them you know and it's it's yeah it, it takes time but we're lucky to be in Concacaf. i'll say that i mean really yeah definitely um you know i guess just trying to figure out what u.s soccer means you yeah. know what i mean like Certain countries, yeah. they have a certain style. Uh, they they know who they are. And U.S. for the longest time was like, let's play defense and let's yeah. let's counter. counter. And we're gonna put a we're gonna yeah. put an amazing guy in the goal, and he's gonna make thirty yeah. saves. And we're gonna have two chances, and we make it one. Cool, we tie one one. There we go. You know, and yeah. we got some athletic folks, and it's but they're they're trying to redefine some things. That's hard carving out yes, very much a, so. a new identity for a national team who doesn't yep. play, and those players don't play together often. That's, that's a, yeah, that's long. Yeah. And now's the time. Now's the time. I think what we're, we're seeing very much a, like I used the term before, but a changing of the guard in terms of mm. MLS prospects are not really making the team right now. The, the older guys are really being phased out pretty heavily. We're not seeing the Altidores. We're not seeing the Bradleys. We're not seeing, uh, I can't even think like Nagby's and stuff like that. It really is a focus on this young European talent, on the Pulisic, on the Reina, on the Steffens, 
you know, mm-hmm. the, the Miazgas, et cetera. We're, we're, we're really focusing on these, these European players because that's where the pedigree is. It's where mm-hmm. the best coaching is. It's where they're really becoming talented, true professionals and, and not to take anything away from an MLS product or an MLS athlete, but the coaching isn't the same. It's not. And I feel for the young players in America sometimes because I think the dearth of youth coaching is, and the dearth of like the fact that grassroots soccer is the game is just so different over here compared mm. to, to Europe and even to South America, Central America, et cetera. Like, like the coaching you get at grassroots level, we've, we've got travel teams, we've got high schools, we've got colleges, but all anybody, if you're getting scouted, you're going to be getting scouted from your travel club. So why even bother mm-hmm. playing for your high school? If you're going to college to play soccer, it's probably because you'd rather get the education or you just didn't get an offer from a professional club yet. Um, but there's nothing wrong with the college route. It's a traditional route for sports in America, but it, it's so different from anywhere else in the, in the world. It, it seems like there's always adaptation going on. There's always something new. There's always something different that gets in the way of a player or gets mm-hmm. in the way of, because soccer is just so different over here than it is. It really is. The university system and MLS yeah. is strange here. A yes. draft is strange. Yeah. Homegrown yep. contracts are strange. No, There's a no lot promotion, of no relegation. Yeah. No, it's a it's a weird animal. That. People watching yeah. this, I'm not sure. Like I, I feel like for us, we we would have a whole show about that. My should friend, should do. We should yeah. do because I've got a lot to say about that. I've, I've I've it's something I've given a lot of thought and 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 done a lot of research on in terms of just just where the U.S. is really lacking mm-hmm. in terms of of becoming a country. Like we've got a huge talent pool of athletes uh, from we've got four major sports here and, and baseball and, and, and hockey and, and football and basketball, but these world-class athletes in it, I mean, all it takes is just one little shift in their development when they're eight or nine years old and say, Hey, you want to try soccer? You get them mm-hmm. a good coach. You get, I mean, and, and these kids are already natural athletes. You, you get them into soccer. And, and that's where it is. Well, we'll, 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 we'll save that for another day. That, that, again, you said that could we, be, that, we, we could talk about that for hours. So. You, 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 you delved into territory. That's, that's very big for me. Cause I've got two kids that are really yeah. serious about yeah. playing. Yeah. And so I'm like, Oh God, what, what are we doing? <laughs> you know? So it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and it's interesting because U S national team uh, or the MLS is actually starting to change a little bit of their stance yeah. on selling yeah. players yep. to European clubs now yep. never used to be the case. And you yeah. see oh, Daryl yeah. DK going out. You see uh, Aronson over at RB Salzburg now. Yep. You see uh, Mark McKenzie, who's from Philadelphia Union. He's yeah. in Belgium now. He, he was a yep. Wake Forest player and signed a homegrown contract. So yep. he went from Wake Forest playing university soccer, left after one year, I think one year, went over to Philadelphia Union, was an amazing player there, got to start as a first year. Um, and now he's in Belgium because finally MLS is like, you know, this may be good to sell players. Yes. We make you know? some money. They go on and have a good career and come back and help the national team. You know, it, it, it should be a win-win for MLS. And, and from that point mm-hmm. on, now they need to develop the league to keep those players. Now yeah. they need to, and that's, where, that's their next challenge, whether that's something that Don Garber wants to take on or not while he's commissioner. Mm-hmm. But that's their next challenge to say, hey, you know, we produce these players to go and play in Europe. Now we want them to produce them to play here. Mm-hmm. That that's where we really unify the country in terms of the national team. Again, 
let's not get into that conversation right now. Let's let's focus on Everton's and Everton's. I'm, I'm a I'm a huge <laughs> fan of how we're like. Let's not go there, but hold on. Let's well, say on, let's five say. more things. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and international play, just saying this out loud, DCL scored two goals. Yes, he did. England. Yeah. That was good to see. I'm, I'm glad he's getting on the score sheet. He's, he's never a guy who lacks in confidence. He, he, you know, at least once a game, he'll try something very cheeky or, or, or spectacular. Doesn't, it hasn't come off yet for him, I think. But I, I think he'll score a couple of very good goals, like wonder goals this season. Um, but it, it, it's good to see him score. Um, I'm personally, I'm glad that nobody else – made the national team for England because I want our players to stay fit and healthy mm -hmm. at the club. I love seeing, I'm glad that Richarlison and Hanez and Yeremina never went on international yep. duty. That just, that's great. They needed the time at the club. They needed time to just focus on training and recovering. <laughs> and I think come Monday against Palace, a lot of that will show that time in the training pitch will mm -hmm. really show. And I, I hope we really put Palace to the sword because we, we've been crying out for a good performance for the past three or four months since the Derby and, and before the Derby is one good performance and the outlier and then everything else. Like we need a good solid fluid performance. Yeah. I'm, I'm just glad DCL returned healthy uh, yeah, after, seriously. after wearing pop tarts for shin guards. Yeah. <laughs> the custard <laughs> creams. <yeah. laughs> the bourbon creams. Yeah. You, you see them and you're like, Oh <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, little baby shin guards. Oh yeah, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, um, so yeah, so that's there's there's some other Everton international results, but yeah, and 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 then uh, Germany lost to North Northern Macedonia. That was so, crazy. That was wild. That just had to say that out loud. We don't have any players involved. Yeah. What? I mean yeah. that that and 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 Luxembourg beating Ireland. Yep. That's crazy. That's that's wild. I like I know Ireland are not the greatest footballing nation, but Luxembourg are tiny. They are a minnow. I think they're like they're like upper hundreds, maybe lower two hundreds in terms of the FIFA rankings. Like they're they're a small team, and for Ireland to lose to them, that's that's like us getting knocked out of the FA Cup by like a League One, League Two side. Like that's it's it's very very embarrassing for the country as a whole. And to our Irish fans, you know, I'm I, I don't mean to harp on it. It's just an incredible result. You know, it's 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 akin to like the U.S. not qualifying for the World Cup because we lost, who was it, to Panama, to mm. Honduras, or Trinidad, it was, it was Trinidad. Trinidad. Right. Yeah. It was Trinidad, it's burned into my heart. Yes. <laughs> like, it's akin to that, like, like Trinidad's a team we should be beating. The CONCACAF's a very interesting region because the quality isn't always great, but there's athleticism, there, there's mm. pace, so you're always going to go, go up against an opponent who's going to give you a game just because they have the physical ability to, but, like, it was a crazy loss. I just, it was crazy to hear that. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I, I, I was really surprised at that too. And Ireland, cause Ireland, when I was growing up, I think of Ireland, I think that's a team who, you know, would get, would get to the world cup. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, they're, I mean, uh, and they had, we were talking earlier about footballing identity of a nation. Yeah. They got one. Yeah. They got one, you know, they have it. Um, so I, I actually, I think about, about Ireland and I feel like they've, I always feel like they've got their, they've got their shit together more than the U S does for us. I always think that. And so Sometimes right now, yeah. well, that's the thing. And, and it's weird to see them not, that's yeah. what's throwing me off. That's why I, yeah. I totally agree with you. I think, I think they've, you know, they've got, they've got history, they've got identity and they're going through a rough patch and it could yep. be their, their manager situation is not really 
I think I've heard some complaints yeah. from some Irish folk. No doubt. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, okay. Didn't even mean to go there with the with the Irish Irish <laughs> national. It just happened, you know. We love the Irish. We love the I Irish. I don't want to okay. bring it up in front of you know. If you're if you're Irish watching this right now, I need you to tweet me and talk to me about Hardy Bucks if you watch that show, because I have some questions about Irish lingo because it's it's a little tough. Hardy Bucks is on Netflix. Irish show, it's crazy and weird, but it's it's hilarious. It's good. I I like crazy and weird, so I'm gonna watch it because that's kind of my alley, you know. It's fun. so uh, <laughs> very very thick Irish accents. So you have to get used to it. Right. Uh, so before we finish this segment, I need to I need to this is this is different. It's out of bounds. It's 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 off. But I needed to give some special thanks out there. A guy uh, Bob Stevens gave me uh, gave us some kind words about the show and also was talking about Genesis and basically saying, hey, do you listen to Genesis? Yeah. Blah. So I started. I took his advice and I started listening to Genesis this week. I started listening to the Sing- Selling England by the Pound album. Uh, I guess it's Peter Gabriel, lead singer. I was not aware that they went that progressive. I knew Jack. Like I knew nothing about Genesis. I know more now. Just saying. I had no idea that it was like they had that kind of sound ever. So I had no idea. I thought Genesis and I thought Phil Collins every time. Um, I wasn't even thinking about Peter Gabriel. So I'm a musical idiot. And now I a little bit more together. No. Just, just want to say a little more together. Thanks to Bob. Damn, I was about to play a Genesis song and it didn't work. Dang. <laughs> but okay. I, I, li- I listened I listened to that one album that selling England by the pound album before I before I came on because I was like you know this it's not at all what I expected at all it was the last thing I expected so thank mm-hmm. you Bob just want to throw that out, say that out loud you know uh, if any, any of you out there have recommendations that aren't something like hey put your fist in your mouth you know pre- preferably something that's kind uh, I, I would love to hear them. Okay. That would be great. All right. Anyway, that was a heck of a throw G. All right. So let's move on. Palace preview. Mr. Miyagi uh, style. What'd you say? It's a palace. Yeah. Palace. Crystal palace. Yeah. Every, it, it's weird. Like watching uh, Ted Lasso and not immediately thinking, this is supposed to be palace, right? Just because of the colors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you can't trick us. <laughs> I we get it. By Americans. <laughs> you know you did that because Rebecca Lowe told you to. She's a fan. Yeah. She likes <laughs> All right. So yeah. Palace, who I don't mind, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't mind Palace too bad. Uh, I like there's a, a Palace dude who runs a podcast that HLC. H- HLTCO, yeah. I like that dude. Yeah, I like yeah that he's, dude. he's been around for a while on Twitter, and he's pretty prominent Palace yeah. fan in terms of being outspoken and having opinions and, and doing his own thing. Usually, um, pretty I respectful is what it seems like. He, I think, he's fond of Everton fans. I think, I think, especially, I think Everton and Palace have an understanding of each other in terms of like, mm-hmm. hey, we're both not like, unfortunately, not the biggest fish in our ponds. Of course, London's a much different pond to Liverpool, but. Mm-hmm you know, there is a sense of like history and respect and between the fan bases, you know, I've never seen 
Palace and Everton supporters get into arguments. Palace has never been like, I like Palace, but they've never been one of those teams that have really challenged for a, a spot like a West Ham or Wolves or Southampton mm. have where they try to challenge Everton for those top six, top seven spots. Um, they're, you know, they've been an established Premier League team for the better part of a decade now, I'm pretty sure. I mean, they've been around for a bit since they came back up. Um, and, you know, they've got, they've got some decent players. I think Benteke's their striker and he's, he's found a couple of goals this season. I think they just, they just signed someone I, this in the, in January. I can't remember his name now. I think he scored one or two for him, but Palace, know, I, they're such I'm, an interesting team because they play so hot and cold. I love that as a, I love as a, as a, oh yes, my pretty good as gosh, well, yeah. that kid is in, oh my, he's so fun to watch me and my kids. We watch highlight videos of him just watching like his pure, like, improvisation on the ball yes. he's on the ball yeah yeah i like him a lot uh mm-hmm. but yeah i mean they're they're weird they're strange strange team because they have like these spots of talent and then you see a couple places where you're like they could do better than that right there you know what i mean yeah um and with and with roy as their manager they they do it's very hot and cold it's yeah. very hot and cold. You get them hot, you know, but you know, then they'll 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 kind of you know lay an egg every once in a while. Um, yeah. Like, like they, let's see here, they uh, they beat West Brom one nil, and before that, four nil yeah. lost to Spurs, and before that, uh, a nil nil draw with Man United. Um, yep, a couple of nil nil draws. They beat Brighton. I remember that Brighton game was crazy. I mean, it's I just it's that. it's just a strange. I mean, they're twelfth. They're 12th in the league, 37 yep. points. Yep. Um, so, I mean, they've had some results. They have had some results yep. this season. Um, it's just a – it's a strange situ- – I mean, I look here at their, at, at their possible starters, and there, there's, some, there's some quality players here. Um, Guaita and Gold Ward. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's interesting that Cuyate is playing center back for them. And has yeah. been for for a hot minute. That's not something I would expect, but he's, you know, he's tall. He, he's like the tallest, thinnest. Yes. Like the way he's built always trips me out. Very lanky, yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, I think it's more of a needs must thing for them having it having yeah. them at center back. You know. Yeah. Um, they've got uh, Jordan Ayu. Jordan Ayu. I'm thinking of the guy in midfield. Last name starts with an M. Milivojevic. Milivojevic, yes. He's been – he's their captain. He's their rock in midfield um, and, of course, their penalty taker. You know, I, I think where they really tend to hurt teams is on the counter, of course, with their speed yeah. with Eze, with Zaha. Um, yeah. Just running down those flanks and really being direct, That that's something that worries me, especially uh, the, the matches at home. Um, so I'm always worried about us playing at home these days just because yeah. we can't seem to put a performance together at home at the moment. I, again, personally, I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that we haven't had a creative outlet. So really what we're playing at home is this very structured system of just get the ball up to our striker mm. and, and try to have somebody around him to make something happen and, and get goals off set pieces. Um, we just we just don't seem to like to dominate possession. Like we don't like to be in control of the ball, especially without James, because we just don't have the talent to create. You know, our, our midfield is very, very – 
flimsy, I guess is a word I'm going to use, but it's just not consistent. I think it's the main thing. It's not consistent. Yeah. We see Gomez who just, you know, he, he, he puts in a performance once every five games and it's frustrating because there were, there was so much hype. He was such a good player. And then that injury happened. And I feel like he just, he just lost a bit of that spark. He lost a bit of that fight and you see him now and he doesn't commit the challenges fully. He, 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 he's worried more about his body. I mean, of course he would be that the injury was horrific, you know, anybody within, you know, with sanity would be worried about their body. And Absolutely. To a challenge again. You know, Tom Davies, he can't seem to buy a start right now, unfortunately. I'm not sure why, because I think he was our best midfielder for, for a couple of months. But it is what it is. You know, Decor is out. We've got Allen, who's who's come in, and it's taken him some time to get back up to speed after that injury. I think he's had a couple of good performances, but he's still he's, – he's not the creative answer for a midfield. So, no, so no. as it stands right now, we don't have that creative midfielder. And, and Hamas is going to come back in against Palace – and I'm sure we're going to see a much more fluid game. It's not going to be perfect. There's still going to be rust because he hasn't played for a while. But I think we're actually going to see us play some decent stuff and, and create some chances. Yeah. I hope we will, at least. If we don't, then there's probably a bigger issue that needs to be addressed. Yeah, I mean, even even Palace's bench with Schlupp and Townsend, players that can that are explosive off the bench, yep. um, that can just you know slot in and still be exciting – extra energy and they're incisive. Um, I really like Riedewald as well, by the way, yeah. he's a player. Like, I feel like we were connected with him and he, he kind of, uh, I thought he was a, a center back at one point. If he's the player I'm thinking of uh, yeah. that we were connected with and he was, he was either a center back and he played outside back as well. And he was kind of, he did a little bit of both and we were looking at him and I was, on, yeah. and now he's playing like center, like one of the center like mid positions. Mid. Yeah, he kind of he kind of sits in front of the back four and, and, and protects mm-hmm. the back four and sprays passes. He's 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 good. He's a player I always sign him. Football Manager seventeen. So because he, he had great upside, he was flexible on the on the back line. And <laughs> I he, love that. He, he shows that in real life. You know, he plays across the back four. I'm sure. I don't think he typically plays outside back too much, but he but he's really found that home in that defensive midfield position for for mm-hmm. Hodgson's Palace. So he's a good player, but. The, the main ones I'm worried about when it comes to Palace are are their wingers or the, the pace mm-hmm. that they have because we're just yeah. not a team that's blessed with pace in the back line. Um, I'd expect that we'll – I'd say Coleman's probably going to play, but I, he played like three international games in a row. So That we'll makes me worry. You're, that you're, you have the exact same reasoning. Like I, I wrote yeah. Coleman down, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. He played three games, and he's older. I just – I wouldn't. Yeah, it's. I mean, the right back position is definitely one that is going to be addressed in the summer. I think all signs point to Max Aaron's right now. What we really see does what with him, Lamp Lamptey from Brighton as well is one that we've looked at. But uh, I just I personally, I don't want to see Holgate at right back anymore. Um, I like the kid. I I still call him the kid, but he's he's definitely a man now. But he's he's got a lot of fire in him. He obviously enjoys playing for the club. Um, but that right back position is not for him. He's just not, he's not good enough on the ball. He's not creative enough. And I think his decision-making when it comes to defending in that right back position, it's just, it's just not there. I think he's a center back. I think that's where he belongs. So really we see where that need is at right back. Okay. Going to throw up some possibilities here. All right. Because you're getting me thinking. I don't know why you're doing this to me. It's my brain. (laughs) Uh, If Coleman's out, all right. Well, I mean, number one, would you trust Holgate defensively more than Coleman to handle uh, someone like uh, 
Zaha or as a someone like that? Um, Not talking about chance that, creation, talking about just straight up defense. Yeah. Uh, personally, I don't trust either of them to handle either, um, either of those ah. players. Just because. I think Holgate's probably got more pace than Coleman. Um, but again, Coleman's older. He's not got the pace. He, I think he, he's always kind of had some defensive issues in his game in terms of positioning. He's, he's mm-hmm. been caught out in the past. Um, and it's something that's that's been consistent with him. And Holgate, I think, has some of those same issues. I think he gets sucked in a little bit too much, and people get behind him a little too easily. It, it, it's happened a few times in the, in the past week. It happened against City. Um, I, I, I give the edge to Holgate just because he's got the pace, but I, at the same time, both of them make me nervous. Both Would you go Godfrey instead? At right back? If we have to, yeah, personally, yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I, he can play anywhere on that back line. I, I'd rather have him there, just be solid defensively across the back four. We were at our best. We were playing our best and getting our best results when we had four center backs playing. When we had Holgate, Keane, Mina, and Godfrey starting. Yep. Obviously, we can't do that because we we can't sacrifice not having Luca Dean start. We can't have play to have him wing because Absolutely. that doesn't make sense. So he needs to play at left back, and I think Ben Godfrey has just been playing so well this season that. You can put him anywhere on that back four and he performs well, but his, he's starting to make that center back spot his own, mm-hmm. you know, and it, he's really starting to like, he's really comfortable there. I, he's really looking like the kind of player that could be club captain in three or four years time. If he, if he sticks around that long, like he's, he's got a lot about him, a lot about his game. That's very, very impressive. Um, See, especially for, yeah. Oh, oh no, go ahead, man. I, I, so just, just for a player that's come that had one season in the premier league, and then and played in lower leagues his whole life to come up and 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 take the responsibility that he has and, and get thrown into a derby at the beginning of the season and then basically start every match since then and perform at the most consistent level of the whole team. He's he's really made himself one of the first names on the team sheet. So yeah, absolutely. I'd like to see him at right back. Uh, depend. I'm sure that depends on the fitness of Keane and Mina. Mina, yeah. Um, but we'll see what happens. I, I think for all intents and purposes, I think it'll be Holgate at right back on Monday. Yeah. I was just trying to think about the one, the options that would give you the the least amount of nerves. And I felt like Godfrey Keen, Mina, Dean are, yeah. or, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, because just thinking about the players that are most comfortable, that are less likely to make a mental error, have, uh, you know, drop, let a man not track their man back, give up a stupid, you know, give up a stupid opportunity because you just weren't, you just were ball watching. And, uh, and I don't think that would happen to Coleman. I think we'll worry about more about Coleman is being able to, I mean, just when you're older, it's tough to keep up. Yeah. And talk about some fast players on that other team. And Seamus Coleman is, is is no slouch, but boys over 30, just saying, you know, so uh, so yeah, could see that, and I, I and I could see a. You mentioned it, Davies Allen, or Alan Andre Gomes. Uh, nice. I could see Gomes. Uh, <laughs> I could see all of them starting. I could see Hamas, DCL, and Charleston starting. Yeah. You know, I, um, I, think them, I think all three of them will start. Um, I think the midfield will be Allen, Gomez, and probably Sigurdsson. Um, oh. Yeah, I think yeah. Sigurdsson will start. Yeah, yeah. Um. Keeper is going to be interesting. I don't know if Pickford's fit 
again or not. So I'd assume it'll probably be Jal Virginia again. I haven't seen any news about Pickford, but for some reason I was under the impression that Pickford is 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 going to be fine. Uh, but I, okay. I I got I got nothing to back that up, man. Yeah, I, I'm just <laughs> tomorrow. So we'll, we'll, we'll I think it's tomorrow. It's either tomorrow yeah. or Saturday, but we'll we'll know then. Um, yeah, we always not, we always do our yeah. show right before the presser, man. And so we're like, oh, I think he's going to be in, and then Carlo goes up, no. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> he's not going to play. No, no. He's doing Anyone. well in training. Uh, anyone who says that is, uh, yeah, yeah. Who? Um, who? <laughs> uh, so, what's the what's the final score going to be? Prediction time. I'll I'll take a scrappy one nil just to get three points on the board. Um, I mean, I could. I bet. I at the same time, I can see Palace scoring on the break. I, I, I think we'll have to score two to win it. So, uh, I'll, I say, Hart says one nil. Head says two one. Um, just because I think we'll have to score two goals to win it. So either way, we win. But you know, so a little bit of background because I'm old and I tell stories for us. But early shows I used to do for Toffee Blues, the very early ones, used to record with with Edward James, right? Edward James, he had his own channel. He's done a lot of, like, I mean, gosh, the guy's shown up on a, in a ton of, like, instant match reaction stuff. But I, he and I were, like, the first ones to do Toffee Blues videos. So he, would, he and I were, like, the first – we were doing the first shows. And he would always pick twice. He would always pick twice for every single – with my head, I think it's going to be this. But with my heart, I think it's going to be this. So you just said that. You gave me, like, nostalgic goosebumps. <laughs> Nice. I was just like, oh, nice. Edward, I hope he's kicking ass somewhere. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, he, he's still in our Toffee Blues chat group and everything. He's, he's a good yeah. guy. I just don't know, I don't know how he's doing. I should drop him a line. All right, so I'll just go ahead and tell you. 2-1. Two, one. Two, one. I'll take it. Yeah. Same thing. I agree with your same rationale. As I told you, I would say, yes, I agree with everything you've said. Um <laughs> Hey, by the, by, by the way, Forrest, I, I have no idea if anybody's ever told you this, but if I go like this and I, and I look, you totally look like Andre Villas-Boas. Do <laughs> no, no one's ever told me that. Okay, I'll take it. I speak, I speak decent Spanish, so I'll take it. <laughs> well, I think he's Portuguese, right? I, think, I thought he was Argentinian. He is Portuguese. You're right. What do I know? I don't speak Portuguese. Maybe there's some similarities in the language. <laughs> uh, there's a few lo loose th yeah i don't know uh, but no nah, man yeah it, it's funny like I, I thought it earlier i'm like uh, no and then i kept doing it i'm like okay i gotta say this out loud uh, it's gonna happen <laughs> all right so out there. you're just, just saying it uh all right forest villas boas uh so let's <laughs> that's a thing now all right so oh, let's go ahead we have we have moved on palace preview um yeah, I gotta be honest. Of all the grounds, when you see on TV that look like it would be fun to watch a game, Palace looks like fun. So looks loud. Looking a good time. Yeah, it looks. Fun. It's nice yeah. and closed in. You know, it's only like twenty something thousand people, but that that makes a better mm -hmm. atmosphere. Is honestly having less people and having them on top of you like that. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I'm totally with you on that, man. So it makes Goodison so special. So uh, first off. The first question is from Toffee Blues mogul, Toffee Blues John. 
All right. He specifically submitted questions. He said, I want to get some questions in first. So I had to put them at the top of the queue. Uh, yeah, that's right. I say queue. American mm-hmm. guy saying queue. Only reason I use it because of early Netflix. Um, so Away from around these parts. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, yeah, you you sound uh, like like the people down the street, Forest, where I live. Yeah, I'm from yes, Shirley. you know that. You know I'm from. Shirley. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. you know uh, you know all too well. <laughs> yes, that's I like. do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, in Charlotte, it's kind of like, well, you're giving directions. You have to base it on the churches that are nearby. <laughs> There's so <laughs> many churches in Charlotte. Oh, my gosh. Wait, uh, what ward is it in? <laughs> uh, so here's John. Toffee Blue's John's question, the first one, which is a really good question. Who was your favorite Everton player who, was, who wasn't rated so hard, highly? Okay. Favorite Everton okay. player who wasn't rated so highly? So everyone always say the likes of Baines, Jags, uh, Cahill, and Howard, but more random players. Because his, his player that he used to like that wasn't rated so highly was the Yuletinov. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, I could so, do Yuletinov. He scored some good goals. Who's, who's your player where you're kind of like, eh, not many people like this guy, but I did? Hmm. I always had a soft spot for Nias. Um, because the guy always came on and, and, and worked his ass off. Um, he, he wasn't treated well by Kuman and he still stuck around the club. Maybe he shouldn't have because obviously the ability isn't there, but he came on, he scored some important goals for us and was never a player you could say wasn't trying. Um, mm-hmm. hmm. But my real answer, uh, it's tough now, now that you're making me sit here and think about it. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm going through my catalog of Everton players and think who I didn't rate highly. Naismith, Stephen Naismith. Yeah. Why? But, Why but, are you like this, Forrest? Because that was mine. <laughs> well, we can we can just we can just gush about him then because the guy was a good footballer, ability wise not the best, but he scored important goals. He had that one season under Martinez that first season where he he really became a player in that in that shadow striker role behind Lukaku, mm-hmm. and, and they had a good you know couple of months where that went really well um and he was also humanitarian the the, the work the guy does in the community really mm-hmm. for me epitomizes what the club is in terms of being more than a club I, I i it's a story i tell a lot to people but when i met alan myers um yeah. who is a former director of communications at yeah. everton and still very involved in everton twitter he he, he talked about how uh everton tried to model themselves in terms of like barcelona's the exact same thing. Like they mm-hmm. want to be more than a club. They know that yes, Everton is a business and they're a soccer club and that's on people's minds first and foremost, but more than that, they're a pillar of their community. Yeah. They, they are really like a place that people look to not only, I mean, not for guidance so much, but for support and for a way out of shadow if they're having a bad day and, and the work that Everton does in Everton in the community is just, it's unparalleled. I, I, I could I could sit here and wax lyrical about it for hours, honestly, because they just mm-hmm. do such good work and they're so consistent and just so important in the greater Liverpool community. And they win awards for it rightly and deservedly so. Yeah. But it's it's yeah. Stephen Naismith really epitomized that for me. Yeah, Naismith is the first one that came to my mind. Then I was yeah. like, 
well, hold on. Do some people rate him highly? I don't know. Is that is that is, it, is he is he is he too good to be in that category? I was doubting my answer, and then you said it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, maybe it's not just me. Okay, that's. <laughs> I always liked Osmond too. I mean, he played here for a long time, Leon Osmond, but I always liked him as well. I think mm-hmm. he had a lot of ability and with the ball at his feet. wasn't the strongest, wasn't the fastest, but he was a guy who who again just always gave 110 percent for the club. Loved the club, of course. You know, he's a very passionate Evertonian. It shows when he does his commentary and when he's in the studio and stuff, he he very much loves Everton and he's an ambassador for the club. Mm -hmm. But I think from Naismith got it for me just because I think a lot of people rated Osmond highly. He was here a lot longer and Naismith Mm -hmm. was just somebody who really, really gave himself to the club in terms of the service of a footballer and went above and beyond his duty on the pitch and made himself very much a star off the pitch as well. And that, that speaks volumes for not only the character of the man, but, but just the kind of players we want to attract to the club. Like that's, that's right there. It's, it's along with the ethos of the club in terms of being a community club, being the people's club. It's, it's something that draws me to Everton more every time I think about it. Like it is very much like a club that cares about its employees. It cares about, its supporters and it cares about the people in its immediate area and the area all around mm. Liverpool. Like it, 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 red, blue, purple, Tranmere Rovers. I can't remember what color they are. You know, the Everton cares Tranmere, about them. Tranmere is blue and, blue and white. And then there's a Liverpool City, which is purple, right? Purple. Yeah, that's, that's the one I was referencing. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that I know that, I, I, I'm sorry, I had no idea I knew that. It just came out of me. I blacked out. It's just a blend of red and blue. Yeah. <laughs> You're trying to put it together. Okay. So I'm going to think on that. And if I think of a better one by next week, that that's not one that you said, because I feel guilty for saying, hey, that's mine. You know, I feel like, just like oh, that's so lame, Jerry. Uh, but uh, yeah, if I think of another one, I, I will let you know. I was thinking for a hot second, I was thinking Joel Robles. By the way, um, I, yeah, I like Joel. Yeah, I think another another player who always wanted a chance is always. Um, uh, okay, I can't think now with the dogs barking. Um, he just he just put his head on and worked hard. That's that's the main thing I can say. Yeah, and he yeah. never complained. He never went to the press. Never was like, oh, I'm not getting enough game time. He just waited for his chances to come. He usually played pretty well in the games where he get he got to play. But unfortunately, he was at the club during a time when there is just not a lot of consistency. Yeah, yeah. There, I, uh, I'll be honest. As, as much as I supported Tim Howard for a long time, I was really wanting to see more Robles, uh, yeah. kind of earlier. I will say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. Next question from John. Not Everton based. You ready? Yes. Favorite Lord of the Rings film and favorite character. So film is two towers. Um, Always has always been the best. Great battle scenes. The, The battle at Helm's Deep is just it's perfect. Yep. It's great. It's dark and dank. And you're thinking, Oh my God, they're breaking through the castle. They're, they're you know, they're not going to win this. And then the freaking, they go right down the bridge and they just right into the big group of orcs and then Gandalf's at the top of the hill and he goes down into them. Like, it's just great. It's great 
ah, great scene. And you got everything that goes between that, the stories, the war scenes, like everything about that, that film for me was just perfect because it set up Return of the King so well. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite character? As a kid, it was always Legolas because the two swords and the bows and the swift, agile actions, I would always play as him in the video games that I had. Um, As an adult, it's turned to Samwise, Gamgee, just just who he is. I mean, you know, he's an easy character to pick, I think, because a lot of people look at him as like Frodo's saving grace because, of course, Frodo, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Lord of the Rings, um, you know, turn it off now or whatever. Uh, earmuffs, earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he carries Frodo that last bit. Of course, Frodo gets corrupted by the ring, and and he's mm-hmm. he's the one who has to like, well, Gollum's the one. I mean, they fight each other, him and Gollum. Gollum bites his finger off, but you know, Sam Sam is the one who carries Frodo throughout that whole journey to 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 Mount Doom. You know, he he is his backbone. He supports him. He never leaves his side. When he gets captured, when Frodo gets captured by Shelob. You know, and it's about to get eaten. Sam is there and fights Shelob off, and he follows those orcs into the tower. Like, like everything that Sam does is focused on Frodo. And, yeah. and what's what's even cooler to me is the fact that like he, he never let himself get corrupted by the ring. He never like the one time he had it in his possession, right? Like the the filmmakers tried to make it where he's like a split second. He's like, oh, is he going to give him the ring back? But yep. like, it was never in doubt. Like in the books, it's never in doubt. Right. Like it was never question of him being like oh am i going to give it back it was no like here take it like it's not for me it's for you like he understood the burden he understood the responsibility like uh, i took a class in high school that was based around lord of the rings and literature Mm -hmm. oh that's awesome so so (laughs) so it was also trying to equate like christianity and and lord of the rings which which is an interesting conversation to have but yeah a lot of people always saw like like lord of the rings less is less christian and more just about the battle like light versus dark and stuff like that but uh you know uh sam was always like frodo's guardian angel like he really was like always a person that was there by his side that was always trying to help him make the right decisions even if he couldn't always get through to him now he he was just very much epitomized what you would say is like a best friend or or a true or a true companion mm. and he's a great character got me talking about lord of the rings man yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say i i I didn't even mean to i i I typically do that if i'm doing like a i'll bring bring it up if i'm doing like a rapid fire lightning round or something but this was john's idea this was even mine i'm the nerd here normally i'm the geek who brings it up and this one was not even me so yeah i'm a two towers guy as well i i I, i'm with two towers i feel like fellowship you get the build up of the character uh you know return of the king you got the the spectacle, the action, and in, in Two Towers is both. Two Towers, you got the intermingling. It's the yep. center. It's, yes. a, it's a, yep. yeah, I, that's what I, it's yeah, that's why I like sandwich. it. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah. You got, it's a nice, it's the balance. I, I love the balance yes. in that one, for sure. Mm-hmm. I have never thought about my favorite character. Okay. There's a lot. lot I've never thought about it. I was joking with my wife the other day. I was, she was talking about applying for a fellowship and I was an idiot. And I was like, so which character are you going to be then? Huh? You got to pick. I was like, I don't see you as a Gimli. Just saying. And then she, and she, and she just, she got so pissed. She was like, Oh my God, seriously. And I'm like, 
Maybe you're a Legolas then. I don't know. You're overly serious about everything. Maybe that's what's going on. It's, yeah. You keep talking in poetry. Why? Stop it. <laughs> it's hard. I will say I really, really like... Um, uh, I'm trying to remember if it's Merry or Pippin. Pretty certain it's Pippin that I like. The stupid one? Yes. The one who pledges himself to the regent... Uh, Gondor, yeah. right? Yeah, Pippin, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's the one. For some reason, for him, uh, the curiosity, the fact that it just s- screws him over repeatedly. Yeah, um, he's a bit of a tragic character too. Like he, he's he 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 pledges himself to to Denethor, the 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 what was he's a steward of Gondor. Yeah, and you know because he, because. Denethor just figured out that Boromir died, so it was a way to kind of make amends for that because it, it was kind of his and Mary's fault that Boromir died because they yeah. went off and tried to distract the the Urukai. Um, and it was it was his way of, of of trying to make that up to him and and just to kind of see Denethor just be so aloof and so offhand with him and not really take that for what it was because he was just an insane person. He was just a crazy man who wanted power oh, yeah. and one didn't want there to be a king because he didn't want his bloodline to to end but mm-hmm. Pippin's a good character man and there's a lot of funny moments he provides a lot of the comic relief in the movies mm-hmm. and he's just he's him and Mary are good characters are good solid yeah uh, yeah just incredibly likable just as a just the casting yep. just the yep. casting of the dude they picked yeah he's just such a likable guy and Absolutely. I, um yeah that's you know if I was gonna go like super safe I'd be like Aragorn. I love Vigo. <laughs> I love Vigo, but I love Aragorn. Vigo, Vigo, who when he gets loud, he sounds like he's got an air bubble in his throat. We are here. <laughs> you know, it just kills me. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like Vigo, go like this. <clears throat> Every time, dude. Can't help it. Uh, so I really do like Aragorn a lot, though. Um, yeah. Uh, but okay, we gotta move on because there's so many questions. Um, next. Let's see here. Okay, Griffin Brown. This is from Instagram. Griffin Brown 171 asks, any American or MLS players you'd like to see EFC sign? Okay. American, uh, if we're talking about U.S. national team, I, I we're not going to sign him, but I want Serginho Dest really bad. It ain't going to happen. It'd be perfect, yeah. Be yeah, perfect. I, that, he's the one that I – American – MLS players is a little trickier. But American, you know, DK could end up being a good sign. He's a good talent right now. We talked about yeah. him earlier. But I don't know, man. I, I, there's a lot of players that I just don't think are ready for Everton. Yeah, I agree. I, I won't lie. I don't watch a lot of MLS, mostly because I don't have a vested interest in it in terms of having a team to support yet. Charlotte, of course, are getting a team soon, so that'll be On who I way. support. I'll start watching their games. Um I liked Seattle for a little bit, um, but Me that too. was mostly because of Clint Dempsey. I like Clint Dempsey a lot as a player. Um, and then I just like the rivalry that Seattle and Portland have. Uh, the whole Northwest, really, Vancouver included. They've got a very cool thing going on up there. They're very passionate supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, American, I mean, I, I always say Pulisic, um, just because I, he's the poster boy. I think he's the one with the most upside. Um, I like Josh Sargent a lot, too. Um, I think he's a very good, smart player. Is he an Everton player? Is he a Premier League player? No, I don't think quite. I think he's got a lot 
to develop a lot of developing to do as well. Um, mm-hmm. And he's getting the game time at order Bremen. That's what matters. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Steffen is one I actually wouldn't mind having at Everton um, in terms of having a keeper who can challenge Pickford. Um, I think Stefan's right there. I think he's just about ready. Um, I think just the fact that Ederson, Ederson's there at, at City is the reason why he doesn't really play. But I, I think I think Stefan is one who in the next three or four years you're going to see come to prominence, whether he stays at City or moves. He'll, he'll be the number one keeper at a sizable club for a long time. He, he's mm-hmm. a good keeper. He is Tim Howard's spiritual successor. You know, he is the next yeah. in line, in my opinion, unless somebody comes out of the blue. But I think that Zach Stefan's very good as well. Um, and again, like an MLS, there, there's nobody, I, I can't even, I don't even know who the MVP, MVP was last year, honestly. Like, I just, I just don't follow it. If there's, if there's not a local team for me to support, I just, I can't get into it. Like I'll watch USL, I'll watch the independents because I've been to their games. I used to work them. Like I, I have mm-hmm. a connection with them, but like MLS is just, I just once until Charlotte gets their team up and going, I just, I probably won't spend much time watching it unless mm-hmm. there's nothing else on. I will, I will say for the people out there, the English folks or anybody not watching as much MLS these days, I will say MLS is a better game now than it used to be. It's a much better watch. Um, I look at I, – I, I'm going to mention Brendan Aronson again. It's the second time I mentioned him. But yeah. coming from Philadelphia Union, who actually – I'm not a Union fan. I just like the I just like their style. I like the way they do things. I love the way they their academy – I think they – like I've seen their youth teams play. They're always exciting. Uh, they always play really entertaining soccer. It's I like them a lot. And Aronson goes over to RB Salzburg, and he's starting. You know, head coach mm-hmm. over there, Jesse Marsh. He's an American Jesse guy. Marsh, yeah, yeah I mean, he, he's, he's, he's doing great. Yeah. You know, and so I like Brennan Aronson a lot. He's not, he's not ready to play for Everton. You know, I like Weston McKinney. Energy-wise. Yes, that was the uh, other one I wanted to mention, Weston McKinney, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just – I mean, he's playing for Juve. Are we saying Juve is – a player for, who plays for Juve can't play for Everton? That's a great question. I think it depends on the Juve circumstances. They're, they're not the same team right now, I think. They're, yep. they're definitely about to go through a pretty big period of transition. Ronaldo is probably not going to be there. And, of course, he's starting to seem like them. Mm-hmm. They put a lot of their eggs in one basket with Ronaldo, so – and they didn't. They didn't get the 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 uh, return that they wanted in the Champions League, and they didn't get it. So that's yep. that's on them. Unfortunately, they made that decision to bring him in, and it's a gamble. I'm glad that Weston McKinney is there. I'm glad that he's at a big club like that, improving his worth. The same. I'm glad that Sergio Dest is at Barcelona, mm-hmm. improving his worth. Um, you know that he's got a bit of a better situation there, but. It's transition for everybody right now. I, I just want the national team to do well. I like seeing Gio, Gio Reyna develop as well i think he's a good player. Gio reyna is a player yes okay <laughs> yes because i mean and seeing weston mckinney perform for juve gives me a lot more confidence of him being able to perform in the premier league as opposed to yeah. when he was performing for Schalke. you know yeah. when he's performing for Schalke, number one they put him all over the field they put him yeah. everywhere I saw him at striker. I saw him at center back. It was everywhere. He was, he played, I feel like he was at every position there, which probably developed the crap out of him, by the way, uh, you know, in terms of understanding positioning and everything. Um, but Gio Reyna, him, 
I, 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 want, I want to see him get some more meat on his bones because the physicality yeah. is the first thing Timo Werner said about Premier League. He's like, this league yeah. is rough. Yeah. So it's a rough well, physical every, league. Everybody there is big. They're strong, especially the defenders. Like nobody, you're not going to be going against somebody who's like five nine, and and you know 160 pounds. They're going to be six foot two, 220, 230 pounds. Like they're going to be strong. They're going to be physical. They're going to be on top of you. Like you have to, mm-hmm. you have to be ready for that. And a lot of players aren't, especially players coming from a league like Germany or say Holland where the physicality is just not the same. The, the, the right. athleticism, athleticism is just not the same. The, pre- the pressing, the closing down is just not the same. Like a lot of, a lot of attacking players from countries where, where the physicality is not the same, they come to the Premier League and they just can't, they can't hack it themselves yeah. and commit to building themselves. So long story short, for Griffin Brown 171. We don't have a lot of actual MLS players to lump on the fire for you on this conversation to stoke the coals of discourse. But... uh, Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. second. Ezekiel Barco is at Atlanta United, right? He is, isn't he? Yes, I'm pretty sure he is. I love him as a player. I think he's a real... Atlanta United, I love you. Okay. Small, small little tangent, one minute tangent. I love what Atlanta United have done and they've set the precedent for MLS teams in the future of going and getting young South American talent and developing them and then either moving them on or keeping them there or whatever, whatever they want to do with them. But like South America and Central America, there's talent there that needs to be tapped. Like a lot of times why players don't move from South America to Europe is because it's a work permit situation or Mm -hmm those teams just don't think they can cut it in terms of decision-making and in terms of uh, physicality. MLS is a league where decision-making, like you don't need to be as quick with your decisions as you do need, need to be in Europe. And it gives you time to develop as a young player. Yes, so a player absolutely. like Ezekiel Barco, a, a player like uh, Miguel Amaran when he was at Atlanta United, um, Joseph Martinez, like these players had the time to develop their skills a bit more and, and, and really shine. And you saw Almiron move to Newcastle and he's played very well mm-hmm. there. I think Ezekiel Barco is one that he'll, I mean, I, I don't know. Again, I, I don't watch MLS, so I don't know how well he's performed. He's a player I've followed for a while because I found him in football manager years ago. And then he's just, I, I saw his upside. I was like, okay, I'm going to follow his career a little bit. And he's, he's a good player. He's still young. I think he's only like, what, like 22, 23. He, he's, he's still got some upside to him. So He's just a name I'm pulling out of a hat, honestly, this yeah. because he's one I remember. But I, I, if I remember, that's allowed. Right, he's got a lot of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I got to look at his stats and be like, oh, he had one goal and two assists. <laughs> uh, see, that's my problem is so, so very few of the players are like ready to go straight over. They just need to go to Europe yeah. first to a, to a league in that area that in, in transition straight from MLS, you better be special. Yeah. You better be really special. Yeah, seriously, like Alfonso Davies. Yes, yes, oh absolutely. This he's dude is—he's only five one. Oh my gosh, Ezekiel Barco is only five one. Wow, I'm sorry. <clears throat> wow, that's wild. Where is he's got one goal and two assists, and what did I just say in 15 games? It's okay. You know what? You know what? You're a visionary. 
uh, Forrest <laughs> Villas Boas does it his way. It's okay. Well, we saw the, no nobody five ones making it in. He had two goals and two assists in fifteen appearances last season. He could be like a pocket Hercules, man. He could be like oh, really short. You can't you can't have somebody shorter than Bernard coming to the Premier League and thinking they're going to perform. I'm sorry. A Speaking good five which, inches shorter than Bernard too. Speaking of which, I have to laugh at this question from Astro Newts. Which Everton players do you think you could beat in a fight? <laughs> uh, uh, dang, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any. Maybe Luca Dean, maybe Richarlison. The, 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 the only the only guess Robert. that someone put on here was was Bernard, and then someone else said Bernard, right, just because of his size. And someone else said Tosin. Someone said Delph, and I'm just like, I'm way too. <laughs> yeah, he just touched Delph and he's injured. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's if the injuries are real. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. I yeah. I I I'll go ahead and tell you. Yeah. I fighting waved bye bye to me a long time ago. So. Right now, I'm just like, I, I yeah, I could meditate with them. That's probably the best I could yeah. do. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I got, I got nothing. I think they'd all um, rip my arms off beat, and beat, beat me sound. to death with them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really, not Maybe really a cocky Davies. guy about that kind of stuff. Who? I'll fight Tom Davies. I'll fight Tom Davies. I'll fight him. We'll we'll put together a celebrity boxing match. We'll no, that's him. what I was going to say. He and I, I feel like Tom and I, we'd like wink and like make it into like a wrestling thing and be like, okay, now you're going to flip me. Okay, cool. Oh, that hurt so bad, you know, just because I think he'd be up. Oh, my that. spine. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> my, sp- <laughs> my leg. <laughs> All right. So there was that one from Astro Newts. Also, T6 Kitten. Asks, is God dead or does he just hate Everton? I said, QT Sex Kitten asks, is QT QT Sex Kitten asks, is God dead or does he just hate Everton? Well, I think it's a little sexist to assume that God is a man. So Ah. uh, I'm I'm being stupid. I'm being stupid. I like how you're telling this to QT Sex Kitten. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I think that God could not hate Everton as much as we all hate Everton. So, yeah. I, I there there are days where I, I'm sitting there and thinking, God, I just hate Everton today. Like I cannot stand. I get like, especially the day after a loss. I'm like, what did I get myself into? I'm like looking at the tattoos on my arm. Like, you gotta live with these, man. like you committed, like you can't back out now. It's been, it's been like 10 years, dude. You're like drawing on it. Right. Like it's not, does, it doesn't say Everton anymore. It says Beaverton. Look, I changed it. <laughs> it says QT sex kitten. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God is, God is dead cutie thinks oh okay so i i'm yeah i i don't think god hates everton god's 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 alive god doesn't hate everton things are 
things are actually okay right now. I don't think it's that bad. I think it's I think it's fine. I agree. I'm saying QT sex kitten. It's okay. It's okay. You know, hug from afar. Such a depressing question. That's all right. right. Such a fun name. But the best name is back, by the way. Bowsy Toffee Tits. I'm just going to say it. It's the best name ever from Reddit. Bowsy Toffee Tits. And what's really funny about this is I got sent a message that, holy crap, Bowsy Toffee Tits sent us a message, watched our show, and then signed in and said, great video, guys. Hold on. Great video, guys. Yours sincerely, Bowsy Toffee Tits. His name's Aaron Free. So, Aaron, Bowsy Toffee Tits, you've got yourself one heck of a stage name, my friend. Just saying, your Reddit name is, is class. Shout so, out to Aaron yes. Free. Aaron Free, and thanks for watching, man. You, Bowsy Toffee Tits always gives us good questions. Here's the new one. Could Gabamin's return fill the gap left by Decore's absence? I hope so. risk for if, if it's it's a it's a risk for him to play with zero game time in eighteen months. Will Hamas return to his mer, mer, mercurial best, given the length of time he's had to recover to allow him to be at one hundred percent? And Koulibaly, with our strength in number at center back, would who would we sell to make room if Dream became a reality? So we'll a lot from Bowsy. Yeah, we'll do this in order. Um, so first was Gabamin. Um, I think we just need to be really, really patient with him when he does end up getting some playing time. Um, I remember when he got those first couple of games when he when he first came in. You know, he he definitely looked like a player that was still getting used to his system and still getting used to his teammates. And now we think he's a player who's going to be two years down the line of having been at this club and going to need to get used to teammates and coaching staff and system. But, you know, I would say best case scenario is yes, he does fill the gap and he, you know, starts, you know, five or six games in the run in here at the end of the season and plays well and is like a new signing and Hey, we don't have to go and, and try to find three central midfielders now, but Worst case scenario is he gets injured again, and then we don't see him for another year, and then his contract runs out, and that's it. But I, I'd like to see him play. I think we haven't seen anything, even in the two games that we saw in the two or three, however many games when he first got here. I don't think we really had any idea of what kind of player he was. Um, and so so now it's just, it's just about him being able to find it within himself to – be a player just be a soccer player again because I, I can't imagine like I personally I've never had like a serious injury you know knock on every single piece of wood I can find I've never had a serious sports injury um so I've never sat out for a long length of time and then had to come back but I can imagine like having sat out you know even for a couple of months that you're going to be rusty sitting out for two years like I can imagine you feel like you'll have lost so much time to develop and and play the game so it's going to depend on his mindset. It's going to depend on, on his ability that he's had before and what, how much he's lost, how much he's kept and, and what he's going to be able to learn and grow if he's able to. Um, 
you know, it, it could it could be good and he could play, or it could be Yannick Balassi bad and he's just lost everything and he's just not going to make it here. Yeah, uh, I've done my ACL, and when I did it, I was about thirty-eight, something like that, and I just gotten back into playing. I was playing in like three leagues, so excited because I just got back into playing. I felt in great shape. And uh, yeah, knee bent the wrong way on a breakaway. Mm. Terrible. Um, I haven't played another game after the surgery. I got, I did the, you know, my, I didn't get my insurance didn't cover a lot of physical therapy. Um, so I have never felt confident enough in my knee. That confidence is like massive. You've got to be able to go out there and feel like you can play unfettered open yes and, and yes. trust your body yes absolutely. go into a tackle and especially if you play at a position where you're going to be in a lot of conflict and guess what he's going to be in the shit if yes, i mean when he plays he's yeah. so i i honestly i'm fine with he's in a minute like right now yeah it's unfortunate that decory's hurt and yes is he could he potentially be a little the closest thing to like to like we have or like for like we have yes he's the closest thing we got got it uh, but you know what? At this point, let's put him in with like five to ten minutes left in a game. Let's just let's just get him, him let's some game time. He just needs something. Like yeah. even if it's just playing for the U23s to get some sort of match fitness. I'm surprised he hasn't done that yet. But I'd assume that Ancelotti, the coaching staff, just don't want to make any like any unnecessary risk because he just continues to have setbacks. So he'll be yeah. in training and then setback for two months, and then training and then setback for six months. Like it's just yeah. It's it's such a nerve. I'm sure for the player himself, he's he's probably. I'm sure he's not because he's a professional and he's worked hard. But I I can, I can imagine deep down he's he's almost scared shitless to to. Some he's still a human. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, still yeah. a human being, and uh, yeah. But I I mean, I think everybody's pulling for him. How badass would they, yeah. that be if he comes Absolutely. back from all of this? And it's a great story. Yeah. And yep, makes me think all, of Thomas I mean, Davis. Yes, that's the first thing I thought of, man. This is my favorite Panthers. Yeah, yeah. Three ACL surgeries. Three. He had three. Yeah, three. And he came back and was a Pro Bowler, and is probably going to be in the Panthers Circle of Honor Hall of Fame. Like he's, yeah, it's very, very similar. Just I just hope he he can replicate that somehow. Just Um, just for you people out there watching who don't know who Thomas Davis is, uh, linebacker, Carolina Panthers, NFL. All right. American yes, American football. <laughs> Apologi- apologies for bringing it up. It's just it just really fits. So just yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, three three ACL surgeries on the same knee, and he came back and played for like seven or eight years after that. Was a Pro Bowler for for a couple of them, like and and led the team to a Super Bowl. Was a really really good player, really good player. And to come back just, from three ACL surgeries is just ridiculous. It's just just crazy. an inspirational guy, you know, just yeah, a super. Seriously. I think he may have even Seriously. won like did he win like NFL Man of the Year or something? I mean he did the Walt Payton Man of the Year. He did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just a yeah. So that if Jabamin's story ends up anything close to that, then he's doing all right. I mean, really. Absolutely. Um cool. All right. Hamas. Hamas. Oh yeah. Gosh, so many I think I think I think he I know. I think he will we'll be quick. I think he better. <laughs> I, th- I think he has to if we want to have any hope of finishing in and in, you know anywhere close to top four 
Um, cause if he doesn't, then I think we're in serious trouble of maybe not even finishing in, and you know, the top half, cause it's still very tight. Palace are only nine points behind us. If they beat us, they're only six points behind us. Like, like it's still tight. You know, we could lose the next mm-hmm. two games and drop to 10th or 10th place, you know? So yeah, we, honestly, we see what happens. Yeah. I think Hamas will be fine. I think Hamas is, I think so too. Yeah. He's used to having injuries, little issues yep. along the way that we knew this was coming. We knew this is going to happen. That's what you that's what you deal with when you have a player like Hamas Rodriguez. You make other plans to be able to deal with when he's out. When he comes back, he's yep. gonna be fine. I'm I'm not worried yep. about Hamas. I agree. And the Cooley Bali question, I gotta be honest. Uh I think none of our I wouldn't I, I, I just would not get rid of Mina. I would not get rid of Michael Keane, certainly not Godfrey. I just don't see Cooley Bali as an option that we're gonna spend the money on. Yeah, it, I think it all depends on the price. You know, if, if we're talking about 40 million, 30, 35 million here, I don't think that makes sense. I think that's still too even much. Though, even, though, even though that's for Koulibaly, though, but he's older now. He's not as young yeah, as he used to be. It's a good price, but he, he's, like 20, he's like 29 now. Yeah. You know, he's played in Italy for a very long time. Um, you know, it could be a case of like Ashley Williams. You know, we signed him and the guy just, he just declined so quickly and so rapidly. Yeah. Like, I mean, we could, you know, but maybe, I don't know if we sign Koulibaly. I don't think we sell anybody. I don't unless we we sell Yuri Mina or something. And uh, but I, you know, if we sign him, we don't sell anybody. I'd assume that Ancelotti wants to play three at the back or something because there's no way we keep that many center backs in the books if we're not going to yeah. use them constantly. Yeah, I would, I, I would agree. I would agree. And yeah. the player, any player that we sell, I just can't imagine we get. I don't know. I, I just much. It, I, I can't I can't see it. I just can't see this one. Yeah. Even though I've heard stuff about it. I agree. I, yeah. Anyway, Bowsy Toffee Tits, thanks for the questions. Uh, always putting in, putting in the good effort with these thought-provoking questions um, and with that rocking name. Uh, last question, Lorenzo underscore VM. Not sure if that means Vermont. I don't know. No, that would be VT. So yeah, VM, yeah. Yeah, VM, hmm. video mogul. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. What's it's the question? <laughs> this is, the question is, it is, I think DK fits the mold of an Everton player. He would get to learn from DCL and already has similar styles of play. Uh, if DCL gets hurt, we need a player that can fill that gap. And DK is it. Huge American bias, mm. but literally this guy is a rocket. I like that. He's a rocket. And I am confident he's going to have an amazing career wherever he goes. I just hope it's us. Mm. I, yeah. He, I, I he and DCL. Yeah. yeah. DCL. I don't know if they have the same styles, right? Uh, I think a lot of people kind of look at DCL as like a target man. Um, somebody who's, who's a focal point to, to kind of get the ball up too quickly and, and have him hold it up. Um, I think that's been more of a needs must situation for Calvert-Lewin because I don't think he's that so much. I think his mm-hmm. hold up play is good. I think he loves having the ball to chest and to head to flick it on. Mm-hmm. But I think the way we play is like, usually the person who's chasing after his flick ons is him. Like he's usually the, there's nobody else going after it. Like Richarlison isn't typically that close. 
I, I think Cabot Lewin, for me personally, I think he's more of a poacher. I think he's just more of a, a fox in the box sort of threat guy. I don't think he contributes a lot to overall play. Um, whereas a DK, I look at him and I see him as somebody who's trying to bring other people into the game. Um, which, which is what Cabot Lewin used to do a bit more. And now I think with the way we play now, there's just usually not anybody close enough to him. I mean, we'll see with James coming back if it goes back mm-hmm. to him being able to have a little bit more time on the ball to get it to other people. But with DK, again, I see him as more of a Lukaku mold. I see him as a strong, pacey, powerful striker who just needs to work on his finishing. Um, again, like, I can't say I've watched enough of DK to be able to make that judgment, honestly. Guy, guy. I watched him in the U21s. I haven't watched any of his mm-hmm. time at Barnsley. I didn't watch him at all at Orlando City or at Virginia. So, so, so for me, I'm still kind of learning about him as a player. Guy loves a through ball. Yeah. yeah. Loves a through ball. And then he bodies them off and keeps, keeps the defender off. I mean, that's it's because we don't play any through balls. So it's perfect. You know what I mean? That's the, <laughs> that's the funny thing. It, but, but he can't finish in the air. So mm. the fact that we're whipping so many crosses in from the left, uh, yep. that is the kind of thing he could do. We, we like to, you know, DCL is key for us because he's winning us the first ball often off our mm-hmm. off our goal kicks and yep. that allows us to start developing play after you know uh but he's just finishing so much in the middle sure. dcl is in the air yeah right uh yeah so i i don't know i dk i, I see dcl as more technically skilled with the ball at his feet i see dcl as a better passer but not as strong when it comes to hold up play I think DCL, when he's holding people off, it requires him to dribble backwards. You see him do that a lot. He sees it, touches it backwards. I don't think DK needs to do that nearly as much because DK is like four feet wide. Um, He is very, very Lukaku. You absolutely nailed it when you said he doesn't have as much finishing ability yet. Um, He's not as... Clinical Clinical. yet. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he'll... He may get there, but who knows? I think I think if we sign him to be a second striker, it's it's a solid, decent signing. That's what I'll say. I yeah, I would I don't I, I don't complain. I really yeah. would. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's best case scenario, but it's it's not a damn bad case. That's what I'll say. Yeah. So, all right. Anything else on this for us? That's uh, that's our mailbag, man. That's it. Oof. I was expecting a lot more. Okay, not too bad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <sighs> Been here for a fortnight, man. It's been, yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's your it's your birthday. You need to. <laughs> I know. I'm probably gonna oh. go to bed like in 30 minutes, so it's okay. Absolutely. So gotta work Don't tomorrow, so. go. Oh gosh, yeah, I do too. I I still feel the need to go and have a beer though. Have you been drinking? Have you been boozing the whiskey the whole time? Yeah, I mean, I've I drank a little bit today. I had I had a Negroni earlier today, and I just I had some mead with dinner and then I was just sipping on some, some Balvenie, some scotch here. So while during the show, so, but I try, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I can get to this point where like, if I drink too much, the hangover is starting to kind of make me pay for it. So it hurts. Yeah. I can't, I, I lost all my tolerance. Like I'm scared to death to visit in England and yeah. like end up like having more than three beers and yeah. have it absolutely ruin my trip in my yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just, I used to have a tolerance, wake up and be like, Oh, I'm fine. I drank everything last night. Yeah. Not anymore. Insides are betraying me. 
sadly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, I mean, first off, for everybody listening, let's all wish Forrest a happy birthday. Happy birthday. Everybody said it at happy home, Forrest. <laughs> uh, by the way, am I allowed to ask how old you are? 27. 27. Getting old, man. I'm getting old. God, Stop I can't. That. I don't know what I think about that. I feel like I was 14 two years ago. So, oh well. Yeah, I I, I just turned 43. Stop it. All right. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 not all the way to double it, but it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's yeah, nearly good. two decades. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, well, Forrest, you know, I hope you have a happy. Thanks so much for joining us on yeah, your birthday. The fact that you gave up your birthday evening when you could have been hanging out with your your special lady friend, man. She's uh, right around the corner. I'll be right there. I see her every day. It's all good. <laughs> but thanks so much, man. Uh, it's good to talk to you. It's good to catch up. I uh, appreciate yeah. all the all well. the insight and uh, considerate considered answers and feedback. Um, yeah, really appreciate it. Uh, so uh, anything we need to plug for you? Uh, I mean, just always follow my Twitter at USA EFC. It's the only thing, only social media I'm really active on. My Instagram is personal. My Facebook's personal. I, I you know, I keep that for friends and family for the most part. Mm-hmm. So um, follow me on there. I tweet once a day, maybe. Um, and it's usually nonsense. So you can really enjoy that. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, be on the lookout for some drone footage from me. And that's about it. Did you say drone footage? I'm really getting into drones, man. I love drones. Oh my gosh. Gosh, I love them. That's another podcast I could do for hours. A, drones. <laughs> may have to. That would be, that would also be interesting. Drones and guitars, yeah. Now, how do we combine both? <laughs> we'll find a way. It's Is the drones going to carry me while I play guitar? Are they going to play the guitar? Am I going to. Is the drone myself? the guitar? Oh Lord! I'll Holy find a way to make it happen. <laughs> like I feel like I'm the one who's been who's been drinking all the mead, man. All right. <laughs> so, all right. Also, uh, really quick, just want to make sure uh, Forrest hails from Charlotte, so that's Carolina Toffees. So yeah, everybody should follow Carolina Toffees as well. Want to make and, sure and, we give and, give and them Duke the props. Baltimore, DC. Uh, they're they're my extended family now since I moved up here. So have you been, ha- have you been able to hang with them at all yet? Or you've just been uh, interacting with them on the No, I've been, so I've been to uh, the Everton bar in Annapolis. Um, and I've, I've met a couple of, there's been a few average. I was there for the Derby. Um, so there, there's a good amount of Evertonians there. Um, got to meet a couple of them. I've met a couple of Irish guys who are big Everton fans, um, but I haven't been into Baltimore proper yet. I've been, I went to a bar in DC for, the Arsenal match a few months ago, but it was, it was just me. So I didn't, mm. I didn't see any other Evertonians there, but uh, you know, they're a good group They're I think I just haven't met anybody yet, but I will do, you know, mm. COVID times right now. So it's just harder to meet people, unfortunately. Yeah. The stinky thing is like all these cool gatherings that are happening, like in Greenville, South Carolina right now. Yep. Yep. Can't go because my kid's playing games, Yeah, you know, playing games here in town, you. like, you yeah. know, wearing a mask and everything. Yeah. And that's, I'm just like, I, these kids are going to be ridiculously in shape after being able to play in all these masks like this. Yeah, seriously. Their, lung, yeah. their lungs are going to just be fantastic after this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I miss, I miss the super happy fun time down in Greenville, which uh, with Carolina Toffee seemed awesome. Uh, so yeah, it's just a, 
just want to be nice just to have one time where I can take the fam down. That'd be great. Soon. Soon. It'll happen. All right. All right. So that's, uh, I should, I should plug, uh, Toffee Blues uh, website. Uh, so check out the Toffee Blues website. Uh, all things Everton there. A lot of cool contributors show up on this on this uh, fan channel uh, and, they, uh, and podcast. So please uh, check that out. Also, I mentioned this channel. If you've been digging the videos, please subscribe to the Toffee Blues YouTube channel and or podcast. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Good stuff there. A lot of you know. There's live streams on there. There's a, just a wide variety of content. From some uh, from cool some cool people. Also follow the Toffee Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also look behind me. There's Randolph the Christmas Moose. If you want to learn about how to be your own moose, just saying. There you go. He wrote That's that. It, man. He wrote it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. It's a thing. Uh, yeah, available on Amazon. If you uh, feel like reading a Christmas book in at Easter time. Hey. Defy sure. convention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's what Randolph did. So yeah, Christmas and Easter. Let's do it. Excellent. So confused. I've gone cross-eyed. All right. Forrest Villas boss. Thanks so much, man. Happy birthday. Happy 27th. Thank thanks for having me on Jerry. All right. I hope you enjoy your evening. Uh, yes. Apologize to your special lady friend for me taking you so long. It's all good. It's all good. Have, have a good one. And uh, yeah, to everybody else out there, Let's get let's get three. Uh, I guess it's Monday on, against Palace. Up yeah, the toffee. Yes. U T F T. Please, Lord. Yeah. Three points. Yeah, I, I'd love to to hop that red lot really soon. <laughs> yeah. um, much love, everybody. Take care. Have a good night, day, whatever it is for you. Bye bye. Peace.